Blog Talk Radio. Hello, everybody. We're a little late today starting. My computer was rebooting. It wasn't uh, responding to me. So, but anyway, welcome to Butterfly Talk. This is the monthly radio show podcast that focuses on education about epidermal lysis bullosa, understanding, support, tips, and general information about EB. My name is Sylvia. I'm your host, and I'm also an EB mom. My son, Nikki, is 19 years old, and he has the recessive dystrophic form of EB. Our guest today is Francesca Tinconi. Francesca, are you there? Yes, I am. Hi. Yay! Hi, Francesca. <laughs> How are you? Yay! I'm doing well. How are you? Oh, good, good, good. So good. tell us a little about yourself and your family, please. Sure. Um, so I was born and raised in Northern California, and I'm still here. Um, I am Italian. I know that's something we share, something I'm very yes. proud of and happy about. Um, and um, I have a really great Great kind of big Italian loud family, but lots of food, lots of love. And, uh, you know, growing up I had a very kind of normal childhood until I got sick. I was um, I was a swimmer and I was in school and just kind of, you know, like every other kid in, in the United States. Awesome. So tell us a little bit about your condition that you were diagnosed with. You were 11, right? I was. So like I mentioned, I was actually a, a swimmer. I was a, a, a nationally ranked swimmer. I was in a year-round um, program. And it just started out pretty innocently. I had some mosquito bites is what they thought. And, um, you know, we kind of went through this whole process of we went to the dermatologist. My mom took me, and they thought it was a lycra allergy. And then they thought there was a mosquito in the swimming pool. So the public health came out to the pool and there was nothing and then you know it just kind of kept progressing so we kept going back to the doctor and um it the mosquitoes then turned into blisters and the blisters got bigger and the blisters ruptured and it left sort of open sores uh very similar to what a lot of the eb kids deal with and it just kept progressing and they kind of threw everything at me antibiotics and they thought it was this and that and nothing really stopped it um so about six months into it um i had lost about 85 percent of my skin because these blisters just kept coming and rupturing and um opening up and we went to a, a local larger hospital i was at sort of a community hospital at the time and they did a few biopsies, and the biopsies came back for a condition called pemphigus foliaceus. And okay. it's so rare in children that they actually didn't believe the first two. They thought there's, there's no way something had to be wrong. This is a false positive. So they did three more, and they sent them out to sort of a world-renowned specialist in this particular illness. And he confirmed that it was pemphigus foliaceus. Um, at the time, I was the youngest child on record to wow. ever be diagnosed with the illness Uh, it's usually something that comes about when people are in their late you know kind of early to late 60s um so it's very rare very rare and they they kind of didn't know what to do with me um so they sent me to children's hospital in oakland and they actually put me in the burn unit because they that was sort of the closest they could figure out to do with me was was a burn patient and they gave wow. me autoimmune suppressants. They gave me prednisone and all kinds of these um, immunosuppressants. And, um, you know, that helped my skin sort of clear up. And that's when 
the, the challenge began of, of trying to find a treatment um, for a child because most of the treatments were for older adults where they didn't worry about, you know, certain things. Um, they weren't yeah. as concerned. But on a child, they didn't want to give me a lot of the medications that they used to treat pemphigus. So how rare is it? It's very, very rare, um, you know, to the yeah. point where there's very little, uh, you know, there's there's increasing research, but at the time there was even very little research. There was one doctor in North Carolina who was just fabulous and um, really kind to me, and, and he was really the only one doing research, and he was doing research actually on a patient population in Brazil because there were so few patients in the U.S. that um, it's endemic to a population wow. in Brazil, and so they were doing huh. it there, and it's, it's very rare. I think I've only other we have one other child that comes to camp, and she has it, um, and that's the only person I've ever met oh, with wow. a child with it with pemphigus. So it's not genetic, right? Um, but you know, honestly, the answer we ask is they don't know. <laughs> you know, there's so much. They, they, don't okay. you love those answers? Um, you know, they yeah. they just don't know. Um, we are uh, – it does show up in the Mediterranean population from what I've been told. And, and like I said, I am a, okay. a an Italian and, and a, a, a purebred, as my grandmother used to call me. Um, yeah. And so, you know, they, they right. think that there is there is something in that lineage. Um, but it is in the in that population. That's right. All right. So tell me um, uh, how and when you get the idea to start the Children's Skin Disease Foundation. Sure. So one, I mean, there were kind of several reasons, and the idea kept coming up and kept coming up. And um, when I was younger and when I was going through all of this, we would go to support groups, and they were all adults. And, and it's really hard for, a, you know, an 11, 12-year-old to relate to older adults. And there was no yeah. general organization for kids with skin disease to really address the, the unique issues with, with skin disease. You know, I don't have to tell you skin disease is, is a very unique kind of set of illnesses. Yeah. Um, it's so, so visual, and it's so impactful on self-esteem and um, and just, you know, social, socially going to school. And so there was really no children's organization that addressed that. And every time we would go to these yeah. large, large medical facilities, they would say, well, pediatric dermatology is really kind of an orphaned uh, field and and that was something that I thought well maybe maybe we can change um, yeah. you know I'm really really fortunate to have a great family and a really great support system and yeah. that's something else that I learned is not a lot of kids that I met had that and it's something that I thought I there's no way I could have ever gone through what I did without that support system so yeah. Um, you know, the idea of Children's Skin Disease Foundation was sort of twofold. We wanted to raise awareness about skin disease and raise awareness about pediatric dermatology and then create this little family, this little support group for Aww. for kids with skin disease that could, you know, come together and support each other and truly be able to understand what each other was going through. Um, so I had I had talked about it for a couple years and and I was still going through treatment at the time and um, my parents kept saying okay one thing at a time let's <laughs> let's 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 figure you out first and then we'll figure everybody right. else out um, and so yeah. by when I was about 15 um, my disease had been a little more under control at the time and my parents said okay well now we can start to talk about this they they knew this would be a big undertaking 
So for my 16th birthday, I asked family and friends to donate money to start a nonprofit. Um, I, I oh. sort of knew that was a big birthday here in the U.S., and I thought, well, I'll kind of yeah. leverage this as much as I can. <laughs> um, and so I, I asked family and friends, well, this is a big birthday, so you know, if you want to donate a big gift, um, I would love a donation. And that's really just how we got started. It was The idea was uh, you know, just, again, create support and, and raise awareness so that um, you know, when people with skin disease go out into the public, they have a better reception than I had. And, and I'm sure you've, you and Nikki have had those experiences where people, oh, sure. especially children, will walk up and say, oh, what's that? And, oh, is that contagious? And yeah. um, that's demoralizing. And so we wanted education out there where people wouldn't have to ask those questions because they would know exactly um, what skin disease is. I mean, I know you you went through a lot from the time you were 11 to 16, mm-hmm. but still you were only 16. What drove you to mm-hmm. really, you know, i got to get this done? Most 16-year-olds, yep. the, the last thing they want to do is start a foundation. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Oh, my gosh. Um, you know, I, I don't I, – I just really wanted to, to do something. I really wanted yeah. to make a difference, and, you know, I think – Part of it also came just wanting to turn this horrible experience that I had into something positive. I thought, yeah. well, you know, I can't have gone through this and for it to have all been for nothing. There has to be something that I can do yeah. to make this a positive experience. Um, and, you know, I think that did come from my family and sort of teachings growing up of, um, you know, you have, you know, you can, you can do something and make this positive. Yeah. Um, you have to find that silver lining. It's not easy. You know, there's days where it was oh, yeah, not easy absolutely. to find the silver lining of, of being diagnosed with this. But, um, you know, in the end, kind of thinking, well, I ha- there has to be a way to, to help this, you know, this great population yeah. that really, um, you know, that really deserves it. Pediatric dermatology is not something that's talked about or publicized. And, yeah. um, you know, it certainly should be, just like all the now, other are your, illnesses. Are your symptoms under control at this point? It, you know, it waxes and wanes, as I like to say. Uh, okay. It's not. There's no cure, um, like everything else. Um, yeah. You know, I get treatment. Sure. I I take immunosuppressants. I get infusions. Um, you know, I go through long periods of time. I went through like 15 years without a flare-up, and then wow. I get a flare-up. So you know, it, it really does kind of oh, wow. just yeah. it just goes up and down, um, and that's the nature of a chronic illness. You know, unfortunately, yeah. it's that's the chronic. The word chronic is in there, so it's. It's expected, Um, but, you know, I am fortunate that I have good medical care, and and I have a good doctor currently. He's wonderful, and um, I think we share the same doctor, actually. And, uh, and, you know, it's, um, you know, it just kind of... At Stanford, you mean? Was that at Stanford? Yes, Okay, all right. So what is your biggest inspiration and hope for Camp Wonder? Well, I mean, it sounds so corny, but my inspiration is the kids. I mean, they're just, you've been, they're just, they're just wonderful. Yeah. Um, you know, there a lot of people will say to us, "Oh, it must be so hard to do camp." And it's not. It's such a happy place. It really is. People, yeah. you know, kind of think, "Oh, it must be so sad." It's not. It's so much fun. There's so much laughter. Um, there's yeah. so many really great moments. It's so hard to put into words. Um, you know, but just to see them at camp and just to see them happy and just being themselves and forgetting about their illness and, and you know, just yeah. we like to say it's childhood without limits at camp. It's just just be kids, and and that's really what keeps us going. It's it's a lot of work. It's, you know, there's definitely been some ups and downs over the years with the organization, but 
at the end of the day, it's just it's about the kids. It's about giving them, you know, a week of fun and yeah. and yeah. just giving them that sense of empowerment that they they don't need to be defined, um, you know, by their illness. I think that's one thing that we hear over and over again is it's so reinforced with the kids that, you know, they're the skin disease kid. They're the kid with flaky skin. They're the kid with red skin. They're the yeah. kid with blisters. And, you know, I right. think that's one thing that my family was always so good about is, um, you know, this, your, your disease doesn't define you. And, and we, that's what we want to yeah. tell the kids over and over again. And, and how we do that is just let them be kids for a week. Um, yeah. And so that's, you know, that's, that's our inspiration. Yeah. And, and that's what I hope they get out of it. I hope they come out of camp and think, well, you know, this person well, is do. on a soccer team, then I can be on a soccer team. This person <laughs> is on, you know, they, they kind of, you know, they all talk right. about what each other does and, and kind of get inspiration from each other. That's wonderful. Now, what are the different ways you raise funds for the camp? We, we do a lot of fundraising. Um, so camp yeah. is free to the kids. We cover all all costs for the campers to come. We don't charge the families for the kids to come to camp. Um, so right. we are not federally funded either. We're, we're privately funded, and we do that through mostly grants. We have a lot of great organizations that support us and that give us grants. Um, I know that a couple of them that you know you and, and your listeners are probably familiar with is um, Cetaphil. It's a, a dermatology company. Um, right. And McKesson, it's a, they do a lot of the dressings for camp. Um, and then we have just, you know, people that aren't in the Durham world that have heard about us and have seen the kids and, and love them. And, and so they, um, you know, they support them as well. Um, but, you know, one of the other big ways that we have supporters is when people sort of donate items to camp um you know yeah. we love when people give us grants but even people will call and and say i'll i will cover the cost of the t-shirts for the year or mm-hmm. uh you know I'll, I'll cover the dj for the year and so you know those are ways that are really helpful to us to kind of cover the cost of camp and then um you know we have private people that come and do activities we have you know a lot of my family have kind of roped them into coming to camp, yeah. um, and they're really great. And, um, you know, they do the prom store, and they do the makeup, and, you know, those ways are really, really helpful to us, and it, it covers the activities and, and makes camp possible. Absolutely, and all the volunteer nurses and all Absolutely. the volunteer doctors. All our, sta- our entire staff is amazing. Yeah, and that's no, one of the most difficult yeah. parts for us actually in the beginning at camp yeah. was finding a, a, a medical staff, um, finding yeah. medical directors because it's such a specialized field. And um, I was 16 at the time, and so a lot of yeah. a lot of doctors said, mm, you know, we'll, we'll support you, but we're we're not taking that on. Um, but we were really <laughs> fortunate to find to find our medical directors, um, Dr. Jenny Kim and Dr. Stephanie Takahashi, and yeah. and they've been with us since the beginning, and and our nurses have been with us for you know 10 plus years, and yeah. um, you know they're all volunteer. That's amazing. Now, what are yeah. some of the fundraising events coming up? So we do have we do fundraising events and we do have some coming up. We have one actually in Los Angeles. Um, we have a okay. Dodger Dermatology Night, and that's April 29th. And um, okay. if you go to our website, there's information. If you purchase tickets through our website, we get six dollars from every ticket purchased through our website. And okay. then um, there's also one in Texas going on actually the same night at the um, Texas Rangers game. Um, you know, we don't do a lot okay. of large fundraising events anymore because we do so right. many grants. 
So a lot of our kind of, you know, quote-unquote fundraising events are just, you know, families that come to camp and we'll do a bake sale at school or we'll do, you know, a backyard movie and charge their neighbors to come over and they'll put a movie on and give them popcorn and charge admissions. And, um, you know, we really love that that the families and the kids do that. I think it also gives the kids something, uh, you know, something that they can sort of almost be proud of their skin disease and say, look, you know, look what I have. I'm not ashamed of it. I'm actually doing something to help other kids like me. And so we love, we love those events and we love getting pictures from those events. And, um, you know, we're a really small organization. And so we always say no donation is too small. We've had kids send us their allowance money, like six quarters. <laughs> and, um, and, you know, it, just, it's, it really means a lot to us to have that kind of, that kind of support. Now, how can people donate if they wish to? Uh, they can go through our website. We have a donations page on our website, okay. and it's um, www.csdf like Children's Skin Disease Foundation, dot org, right. and um, they can just go on. There's a there's a donate button, and like I said, no donation is too small. We're we're thankful for anything and everything. Yeah. Now, what do you think about uh, Cytocure is the biggest need of VB families? Hmm. You know, I always say we're a quality of life organization. Yeah. Um, you know, we obviously need research. We obviously need to raise money for that cure. Um, yes. But you know, it, the days are long without a cure, and you yeah. know, I'm I'm in the same boat as as all the other skin disease kids, and especially yeah. EB. It's, you know, that cure is 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 a long, hopefully not too long ways away, but it's certainly not right around the corner. And so, right. my thought process was, what can we do today? What can we do now? What can we do this year? Um, to make the kids have a great life. And I think, you know, I think that's the biggest need for EB families. I think that's the biggest need yeah. for skin disease families is just give the kids a good, you know, a good day, a good week, and, and just really to make them happy. Um, you know, just give them a good quality of life today. And, and like I said, just kind of give them this childhood without limits. Um, yeah. You know, no. we don't do research because it, it takes so much money for research, and we want all oh, of our well, to go to camp. Yeah, exactly. And there are other organizations that focus exactly. on that. Exactly. So. And they focus on specific diseases. It would be difficult for us to kind of pick one yeah. disease. Um, and so, you know, we kind of leave that to them. They're very good at it. They know what they're doing. So <laughs> take something right. off of our plate. Yep. Now, what do you wish was different in our society that could help EB patients? Oh my gosh, so much. Yeah. Um, uh, you know, I I really think the biggest thing is just to look beyond the disease. You know, yeah. we've we've been out in the public with EB patients many many times. We like I said, we go to baseball games. Um, you know, yeah. we do different events over the years with kids, and and just the reception from the public I think is is appalling a lot of times. Um, we yeah. were at, this is going to date me, but we were at FAO Schwartz in San Francisco years ago, probably 10 years ago when they yeah. were still open, um, with a group of, of EB children, and we were doing a holiday event, and one other kid walked up, and it was right around uh, Halloween, and one a little boy walked up and said, oh my gosh, I can't believe you look like mummies. And the look on the kids' faces was just, heartbreaking um because it's so it's so awful to be treated like that in public and so i just think uh you know a better understanding of of the disease and of the kids and you know again they're you know they're just kids at the end of the day they're all just kids 
um, and really, you know, a better understanding of the disease. And and I think also not limiting kids. Um, Right. You know, we've heard so many stories from from EB families where the school district is so unaccommodating and sort of doesn't make sure the kids, the EB kids have, you know, get an education and and get goals and, you know, sort of have goals. Um, And I think that that's so limiting to kids. That makes them feel like they have no value. So just not, you know, just looking beyond the disease and and finding out what they want to do and, you know, really kind of who they are underneath the disease, I think, as a society. Especially, yeah, I mean, especially with a skin disease because Mm -hmm. their brain is fine. Yeah, Yeah, absolutely. They understand everything. Absolutely, exactly. And I think yeah. my biggest, um, and you probably agree with this, um, I know you'll agree with this, not probably, <laughs> is the fact that my biggest thing was like when you see somebody, when you see a child um, that, you know, with EB or with any other condition that makes them look mm-hmm. a little different, Absolutely. you don't have to do anything. All you have to do is smile. Just smile. Mm-hmm. Don't have that weird look on your face like you just saw some monster. You know, that's the most horrible thing you can do. Right. But anyway, how has Don't talk down to them. You know, don't talk down to them. I think, um, you know, a lot of, you know, understandably people want to try and be compassionate, some of them. Um, And so they'll, oh, hi, how are you? And and that, you know, as nice as that is, that that doesn't help. They are. They're just, the brain is fine. Um, we have some yeah. amazing talent at camp. That's what I'm always surprised at. I mean, it just yeah. they they you know they inspire us at camp all the time. Some of the artwork and the music and the the ideas yeah. that they have at camp. It's you know it's a, it's amazing. They are you know I think that's a perfect way of saying it. Like you said, the brain is fine. They're just yeah. kids. Now, how has the camp changed your life? Oh my gosh! <laughs> Again, so many ways. <laughs> Um, yeah. You know, I think it's just it's it's brought so many wonderful people into my life. I think that's first and foremost. Um, yeah. You know, I we really say it's a Camp Wonder family, and it is it is a family, and so it's brought so many wonderful wonderful people into my life, and and it's been such an inspiration. The you know the strength that we see in the kids, like I said, every day. Um, you know, I think on a personal level, it it has kind of given a little more meaning to to what I went through. Um, you know, kind of just that that something good came out of an experience that I think I wouldn't wish on anybody. Um, yeah. But it really has has changed. The, I can't even count the ways. Um, you know, yeah. I think at the end yeah. of the day, too, it just shows me how much good there are there is in the world and how much good True. there is in people. It's it's so easy now to to kind of look, watch the news, and and watch all the horrible events that go on in the world. Um, yeah. But then you come to camp and you think, oh, my, you know, there's happiness and joy and laughter and, you know, there's so many good people. We have such a good group of volunteers and we have such a great, you know, counselor staff. You hear so much about how, you know, youth today is bad and, and you come to camp and you see young kids, you know, 16, 17, 18, 19, you know, into their 20s that are just volunteering and they just want to be there to help people. And, and so I think it really shows me there is good in the world, yeah. and I think that's very inspirational. Now, tell everyone how to find your, uh, if you have a web store or a Facebook mm-hmm. page, well, your website, I guess. Yeah, we um, have a, a website. Right. Yeah, yeah it's, it's org. Um, okay. 
and we were on Facebook and Instagram and Twitter and <laughs> all the yeah, all the social Instagram. media stuff. Um, Instagram and, all and that also is YouTube. Instagram, right? yes. <laughs> Not YouTube. great at it, I will profess, um, but I do my best. <laughs> And, um, you know, people can always email us through the website or email me yeah. if they have questions or they know of someone that could benefit from coming to camp. Um, you know, that's always the yeah. best way to contact us. Do you have any, if we have four minutes left, do you have okay. any partying thoughts or words of wisdom for everybody? I don't know if I have words of wisdom. Um, I do have a story that I was going to share very quickly about Nikki, if sure. that's okay. okay <laughs> and I yeah, think it's absolutely. just, I love it. It's its actually, it's funny. I was thinking about this. It's one of my favorite stories from camp. Um, and Aww. I think, again, it just shows kind of the strength and, and the positivity at camp. Um, we do a group picture every year, and I don't know i don't know what it is, but the, that hour that we do the group picture is always the hottest of the entire week. We pick, I mean, I don't, it's like Murphy's Law, whatever time we pick, we've switched up days, we've switched up times of the day, and it's always just the hottest hour of the week. Um, yeah. So we get all the kids out there, and, you know, it's in the sun, and, and we're just trying to get everybody to take the picture and get away. Um, and this was maybe five or six years ago when we were taking the picture, and I was in the way back, and it was really hot, and the camera broke, and so it was taking a few oh. minutes longer than normal. And the kids were just, oh, my God, I'm so hot, I'm so hot. <laughs> um, and I just remember hearing Nikki's voice. I could hear this little voice all the way from the front, and he just said, guys, guys, it'll be okay, it'll be fine. Just think like we're in the snow, and we're really cold, and then you won't feel so hot, and it'll be fine, and then just smile. And I just oh. thought it was just so you know, cute and positive and was just so Nikki, just being, you know, inspirational and positive and just saying, okay, we'll get through this. It'll be fine. It's not that big of a deal. We're all melting here. Um, but, you know, it's just, it's always a, a, a memory and something that sticks out in my mind, um, you know, again, about kind of the strength of, of EB patients and the strength of the kids and how, you know, don't sweat the small stuff. You know, they're always the ones that, to us that are saying, it'll be okay, it'll be okay, it'll be fine. We're all yeah. worried about stuff. Um, but they're the ones that are reassuring us all the time. And so it's always one of my favorite stories. Oh, that is adorable. Yeah. <laughs> it's so, so like Nikki, too. To, to it is. Do it's same so Nikki. Like <laughs> it is so Nikki. <laughs> yeah, I love it. Well, it was a pleasure having you, Francesca. Thank you for being Thank my guest. Thank and you sorry so about being late, us. too. That's okay. <laughs> Thank you, and thank you for everything over the years, all the support. You've been wonderful. We, oh, we really absolutely. appreciate it, I promise. Absolutely. Um, uh, thanks, everybody, for listening to Butterfly Talk. If you would like to be a guest or if you have an idea for a future show to share, please send me a message either on the Facebook show for the show, which is uh, facebook.com slash Talk or the Blog Talk radio page for the show, or at my email address, which is ebmama, ebmomma at gmail.com. And until next month, ciao. Bye, Francesca. <laughs> ciao. <laughs> ciao. 